welcome to More Than Myths. What, what did you grab to drink? Is that another Manhattan? Yes, Wait, let me guess. <gasps> Was it right? Yeah. Yes. You are correct. <laughs> I'm pleased with myself. <laughs> I um, have a cold again for the 8,000th time. <laughs> I'm all winded from walking upstairs. Oh, no. That's like where I'm at oh, right now. No. And like if I laugh too hard right now, I immediately have a coughing fit. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, oh, I want to drink. But then I was like, I don't really want to have a seltzer mm. because whiskey, like, I feel like whiskey is the one alcohol that you can drink when you're sick. It's like it warms you up. It makes your insides oh, feel sure. good. <laughs> I don't know. That's just how I feel. Makes your insides feel good. I like mm-hmm. that. I, like I have a funny that. story to tell you. Okay, I'm ready. I was home today. And Josh was home as well. But he wasn't on the same floor as me that I knew of. Okay. So I was in a meeting and I heard a door slam upstairs. It's super (laughs) windy. It's like, you know, like if one of the kids' rooms was like window was open, it definitely would have slammed the door. Like no questions. But they haven't had their windows open for a couple of weeks because it's been way too cold. So I was like, um, okay, like that was weird. And then like a couple minutes later, Logan's door shut. Like I was like, no, it was open (laughs) when I heard the first door shut. I was like, oh, it must have been something. And then I look down the hall and the door that was open was now shut. I was like, oh, my God. So I'm like staring down the hall while I'm in this meeting pulling a full Haley where you just stare <laughs> quietly and don't explain what you're seeing. <laughs> I don't do that. You have like at least twice that I can think of. When? The shadow people episode. And when Christopher was fucking with you <laughs> with the door, I didn't want to no. freak you out. <laughs> I know you were being kind, but I was like, I did the same thing. I was like, what do you see? These people are going to think I'm crazy. But I was like, some doors just shut. And I don't, I was like, nobody's home with my husband. And he just like had brought me coffee. So I was just yeah. like, he has no reason to still be up here. Right. I was like, he must have, you know? Yeah. Hour goes by. Logan opens the door. They had a half day today that I forgot <laughs> it was Friday. <laughs> But I missed him coming up the stairs and everything. So I was just like, I was like, oh, okay. All of it makes sense. But I was just like, they don't get home till 3.30. What is happening? I was having a full breakdown. in my house? Who and or what? Yeah, there's something worse than the creaky door and or door slamming and no one else is home. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yuck. That's yucky. It, it was, I was relieved that it was just a 12-year-old. <laughs> And not a 1,200-year-old Oh yeah, <laughs> ghost. <laughs> oh, like Yuck. some spiritual 
Yuck. Haunting thing. No. Yuck. No. Yeah. Because this is new. This house is new. So it's like nobody's shit yeah. is here but ours. So. Um, Unless it's underground. It would have to be. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It had to be Yuck. old. Uh, do you think dinosaurs can haunt you? Absolutely. I hope so. My God. Could you imagine? If you're like, I'd love to be haunted by a dinosaur. Like, I don't know I'm why, but you. this door keeps creaking open and it's just raptor claws <gasps> okay no i changed my mind i changed my mind i changed my mind have okay, you ever you read dress you imagine Park? a brana have a, a red <laughs> yeah you should read it it's scary it's a lot scarier than the movie is yeah no thanks yeah good. it's really no. good it's a good book it's a good read yeah I think Josh listen to it as it. an audiobook. I'll add it to my TBR. There you go. The mile Which miles long TBR. Oh my gosh, me too. It's I just keep so adding ridiculous. books. I just keep buying books and I'm not reading books fast enough, but I have to buy them. Yeah, well, I have been like flying through some and then yeah. I've been like starting and not finishing a lot more. Mm. So like, yeah. I'm reading the Bone Witch series yeah. right now, which I'm about. How are you? Twenty five percent of the way in, so yeah, it's good. I like it. Yeah. Um, I'm reading the Graveyard. I think it's just the Graveyard by Neil Gaiman. Oh, the Graveyard book is it the Graveyard book? Oh, the Graveyard book. That's right. Okay. And that yeah. one was really sad to start. I was like, oh, this is really sad to start. <laughs> um. <laughs> And then a couple others. Finally finished. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. We haven't talked about it on here yet. We haven't talked in a hot minute, guys, so sorry. (laughs) This is is our, like, mini ketchup that you're going to be a part of. Mini maxi ketchup. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. My audiobook. (laughs) I finally finished my fantasy audio series that i was listening to yay yay so i was able to move on to something else so i started watching and i'm not caught up but started watching the new interview with the vampire show on amc Mm -hmm. and let me tell you it is perfect is it really good it's so good like every episode every character development Every bit of it is so good because my favorite part that isn't really a spoiler if you've seen the movie. Um, If you haven't seen the movie, you don't want to hear any of this. You don't want any kind of spoilers. Skip for like 35 seconds and you should be good. (laughs) But in the movie, Lestat, the guy Tom Cruise plays, ends up kind of, you kind of make him out to be a bad guy. Yeah. And then... In the next books, you it's all about Lestat. You get to learn yeah. more about him. You get to dive into his history. You see why he's the way that he is. So in the show, they're well, it's still from Louis's perspective. It's like a matured version of Louis's perspective. Oh, okay. And so it's like he is like Lestat is frustrated and irritated that Louis isn't like adapting to the vampire life. But he's not a bad mm. guy. He's just very right. eccentric and Louis isn't meeting him where he's at. 
you know, mm-hmm. so there's just a lot of really cool character development that they're doing to gotcha. get you ready for the later seasons. So, so I you don't hate Lestat, right? You, yeah, like, right. You kind of yeah, get I where he's like coming his character, from. Right. Yeah. And the guy yeah. who plays him, sorry, everybody, but man, oh man, he is a fox. <laughs> I'll have to watch it in here. It's on. It's it. on our. It's on our list. We're watching. Um, C, on Apple TV right now. Oh, it's gotcha! Really good. It's brutal AF. Is it? Jason Momoa is like next level. Crazy sauce, hot pants. <laughs> Crazy sauce, hot pants. And. That actually tracks. When you say crazy hot, crazy, what did you say? Crazy sauce hot pants. <laughs> crazy sauce hot pants. I definitely think Jason You know. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Come know on. who you're talking about. If I say but crazy anyway. sauce hot pants, you're like, Jason Momoa. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, oh I started reading Queen of the Damned because I was like, I've read interview with the vampire i've read vampire stat and now queen of the damned is the third book so i'm oh trying to get like trying to get through the series more into that yeah yeah but i i have time any of those i haven't read any of her books i think you'd really like it actually i agree yeah I because have. they're just really well done yeah that i that i agree with she was an amazing writer, but I yeah. just, I, I don't know. I, I'm not in a reading slump. I read at night before I go to bed. I just, it takes me longer because I can't stay awake very long. Yep. Because <laughs> yep. I'm so tired. Yep. I just don't, I don't have the, I don't have the steam. But the book I am reading is uh, One Dark Window. I was telling oh, yeah, you, you about telling it. About that. You need to read it. It is very good. I the first I picked it up a couple weeks ago and got two chapters into it and was like, I can't do this right now. That's this is not for me. I don't like it. And then I picked it up again. Yeah. And now I'm I got sucked in. Now you're sucked in. Which I was very excited about. Amazing. Yeah, but that was me. That's all about me. Love it. That's it. <laughs> Great. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Literally. Short and sweet. <laughs> Haley. That when so is a short and sweet. I'm like, oh, Haley. Yep. Exactly. Oh, Crazy I do have sauce, a fun hot anecdote. Pants, what? I have a fun anecdote. And then I okay. think you get to jump on this. So I was at a wedding this weekend. Me too. And I so they had their wedding at Walt Disney World. Long story yeah. short. And so we got to see them at at Epcot on Saturday. Like we went and we all got to go drinking with the bride and groom on Saturday. So much fun. So fun. And so I've met the bride a you couple of times. Me. Did I call you? I think I was really, really drunk. I think you were really drunk and I was in Ulta. <gasps> That's right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. I forgot that. I that also happened. did. There's a lot that of things happened. that happened between then and now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But so I've met the bride a couple of times, um, but haven't seen her a ton. Don't talk to her a ton. 
And, you know, I was like, hey, you know, saying hi to her. And she's like, I just want you to know I'm a fan of your show. And I was like, what? What? Excuse me. <laughs> so Excuse hi, Alexa. Me, congratulations. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> um, and so I immediately text Haley and I was like, Haley, the prize is a fan <laughs> of our show. I can't believe this. This is so cool. I- and then Alexa decided that we are friends now. So we'll be Perfect. seeing. I'll love be that. talking to her more. I was like, okay, I great. love that. I know. Need, need more friends. Yeah. So I was texting Haley and I was like, oh my God, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> I actually took a picture of that screenshot because oh, when you were sending that to me, we were sitting in the wedding, maybe watching them get married. <laughs> Amazing. I can't remember. Or either waiting for them. I can't remember what. Or it was like right after they got married. And yeah. I texted you back later and I was like, it just so happens that the bride at the wedding that we're at also listens to our show. I know. Ah. So, so also, you guys, we're officially to... bride approved. Yeah, we are. Or bride recommended. So... That's what I said. <laughs> right. So also congratulations to Erica and Jacob. Yeah, congrats, you guys. It's wedding week. It is. It was wedding weekend. It was wedding weekend. Everybody it likes was. to get married around Halloween. It's Agreed. the best time. Ooh. Agreed. I mean. I mean. I wasn't born. I wasn't born <laughs> during this month. I wasn't married during this month. But. Me either. We are both winter weddings, though, so. Kind of, yeah. Oh, mine's technically fall. Mine's technically yours is still winter. winter? No, it's still winter because spring isn't until like March twenty first or something. Oh, it's definitely a winter wedding. Definitely a winter wedding. Gotcha. Mine is definitely pretty much a winter wedding, but technically a fall. winter equinox yeah yeah all right i think it's i'm gonna go first and then you're gonna go fantastic cool so you guys i did my notes today (laughs) did all of my notes today and i picked a creepy pasta i called it scary spaghetti and I got I called it scary spaghetti. <laughs> I love and it. And I cuz I what I, my goal was that I was going to tell this spooky story not letting you guys know that it was a creepy pasta. And then I was going to disclose that at the end and be like, "Haha, gotcha." Like it was going to be uh. a whole thing. I was so excited cuz I was going to go find up like the most fucked up but maybe believable story that I could. Like, yeah. pull some Dear David shit on you. And gotcha. I literally got done with my notes. And I was, like, got writing out, like, who to give credit to. Yeah. And the literal statement, I will read it. I'm going to read it. Nope. Maybe I'm not going to read it. I have the picture. I can read it. Oh, Just yeah. Just your phone. You oh, yeah. Me a picture. Let me look at my phone. There you go. Here it is. <laughs> So what it says. Please note, the author of this creepypasta does 
not in capital letters give permission for it to be used in any podcasts or narrations. Ugh. And that to me, ladies and gentlemen, is pretty fucking clear that I am not allowed to tell that story. So I text Haley and I was like, well, fuck. Just finished my notes. We're getting ready to record. Don't know what I'm going to do. So with that being said, I found some 11 of the scariest ghost stories from Reddit on the Travel Channel. Written by Beth Barden. And we're going to read a couple because stupendous. that's the extent of my preparedness today. But not because I failed, just because I failed to read fine print. <coughs> Here we go. This first one Here is titled, oh, I also haven't read these. Oh, so no. <laughs> All right. I don't, I don't know what we're going to get. I don't know what our trigger Diving warnings in are. It's fine. We're just, we're going in blind. We're going in blind. Here we go. Great. First one is called, It Wasn't a Little Girl. Ooh. Yeah. Sounds promising, right? Yeah. I was camping with my husband and his family at a small remote lake in New Mexico. There were about 10 people in our group and another group of six people in the next campsite. It was nighttime and both groups were doing typical activities, making s'mores, having a few drinks, telling stories. When we all heard what sounded like a little girl yelling out for help. Neither group had children with them, but we were all positive we were hearing a little girl and decided to search the area. We heard noises run together. There was a field behind our campsite and we all saw a very tall, pure white figure standing maybe a hundred feet away from us in the field, making the noises. Yuck. We all agreed that this thing looked maybe six feet tall, skinny, and <gasps> white as can be. Fuck this. Absolutely not. We made our way closer. Why? Why? <laughs> we made our way closer to investigate. But whatever it was we saw started backing off as we got closer, and it disappeared into the trees. All night, we continued to hear the little girl calling for help as we tried to sleep. Yeah. Is that the end? That's the end. That's a fucking skinwalker. Yeah. Yuck. Or, yeah. Oof. Oof. Or Wendigo. Isn't, isn't that right? Isn't that what they do? It's not a, is it a Wendigo? Wendigos Either have one. ones that have voices that sound. Yuck. 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 Don't like that. You're welcome. Here we go. <laughs> Buckle up your pants. Buckle up your pants. Don't know what we're going to get. <laughs> this one's called The Unrest Stop. Oh. I was driving across the country with my mom and my sister when I was 16 and my sister was 20. It was late, but we were all rested and still alert. But we were all rested still and alert. There we go. We were driving along an interstate and needed gas and a bathroom break. So we stopped at the only Ross stop in 200 miles. That oh, right there. No. Red flag. Yeah. There's a van full of teenagers on this road trip at the gas station, as well as a small gray car parked at the pump in front of us with two young men standing outside of it. When we got there, everything felt wrong. We'd been on the road for days and seen many rest stops at night and never felt afraid until then. My mom and sister went inside and I stayed in the car. 
I heard the teenagers say they were creeped out and couldn't get the pump to work. And they left in a hurry. When the teenagers leave. Yeah. Get out. So it's like a gas station. It's like a gas station rest stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was watching the car in front of us and the two men had not moved at all. Not an inch. They weren't talking. They weren't on phones. They were just standing there still as stone. Ugh. My mom and sister came running back out to the car. And when they got in, the two men slowly turned to look at us. While not moving or pivoting the rest of their bodies. Ew. <gasps> Ew. <laughs> Ew. And I swear to fucking shit, we all saw the same thing. They had eyes dark as pitch and empty. Truly empty. Not black. Not reflecting light at all. Just <sighs> void. We sped out of there and didn't stop until we were in the next city. The worst thing about this entire experience, we couldn't find the place on any map. We knew exactly which spot on the interstate to look and couldn't find it on Google Maps or any paper map we had. We even asked locals about the creepy gas station out on that stretch of road and got only confused looks. We've traveled on the inter- we have not traveled on the interstate since and or we have traveled and there's no rest stop. Yuck. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Yuck. That's fuck. when you just hold it until you pop. <laughs> fuck that. That's when you yeah, pee on that. the side of the road. You just pee. Yeah, just squat and pee. Hide behind the car. It's fine. Yeah. Nobody cares. No, not when you... They're not going to no. see anything anyway. They're going too fast past you. Yeah, this is giving me the heebie-jeebies. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Next one. It came for us in a graveyard. That's comforting. Yeah. <laughs> We were driving my friend's really old beat-up Subaru through a massive graveyard. We stopped and walked (laughs) down the hill and came across a little pond. There was someone sitting on the rock on the other side of the pond. The figure was all black and we couldn't make out any features other than the fact that it looked like a man who was wearing some old-style top hat. We stupidly waved and shouted hi. He didn't show any acknowledgement and continued sitting on the rock. All of a sudden, he jumped to his feet and started running at us on the water and vanished in thin water about halfway on the pond. My friends and I screamed and ran back to the car. The car wouldn't start. No! We heard something banging <laughs> on the back of the car. Don't take your old beat-up Subaru! That's your fucking first mistake! How dare you? <laughs> We heard something banging on the back of the car. It wasn't a no. consistent bang. Every few seconds or so, we'd hear it. Nobody was outside from what we could see Yuck. in the dark, but something was making a noise on the car. I opened my phone and started dialing my mom to come give us a boost, and I had no service. None of us had any cell service. No. The next 30 minutes were spent trying to get the car started. No banging was heard at all afterwards, but we felt this heavy pressure around us. Gross. Finally, the car started, and she hit the pedal to the metal. We sped out of the graveyard so fast, immediately closing the gates. All of our phones regained cell service. One thing I know for certain is that something or someone was out there, and not an animal or a human. Yikes. Yeah. I don't like it. (laughs) 
Nope. Yuck. Okay, first, first, let's break this fucking story down. Why in the hell, one, would you take your old beat-up Subaru to the fucking cemetery, Kay? That's not going to start. Second, yeah. second, if you see a figure in an old top hat sitting on a rock, do not shout at it, please. I beg of you, please don't open your fucking mouth. Just quietly get back in your car and leave. <laughs> Absolutely. Also, yeah, going back to point one, why are you going into a graveyard? See, now that I've done, though. So you I know, can't. I definitely I can't pictured just... all of this at night, but now yeah. I it doesn't specify that. Oh, yuck. So this could have been. In the middle of the day. In the middle of the day. We're at dusk, which I feel like is worse. Oh, yeah. Twilight. The worst time to be in a grave. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's waking up. Yeah. Start no, moving around. You. Run no, on the water. thank you. <laughs> I'll pass. All right. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Mm. After we moved into our home, we were told a woman had died there by the hands of her abusive husband. Mm. Holy shit. She hated men for good reason. My dad would wake up with scratches all over himself. And whenever my brother was mean to my sister or he had, or I, he'd have scratches on him as well. Ooh. One day my brother hurt our sister and it, he hit her with something. When he woke up that night, he had a horrible bloody nose. The day we moved out, my brother accidentally broke his twin's arm by trying out a wrestling move. He swears that he would have died if he wasn't that night if he was in our house if that wasn't our last night in the house yuck all right one more okay ready ready this one's called the demon's room oh fuck i worked as a forensic nurse <laughs> in a hospital's lockup unit we had one older lady who swore she was being haunted and abused by a demon she would call Tiberius. So many crazy things happened while she was on the unit. We would go into the room, do normal care, leave, and second later, seconds later, she would start screaming bloody murder. We'd run into the room and find her looking like she'd been in a fight with a boxing champ. Bloody lip, black eye, markings all over her body. No one saw her doing this stuff to herself. Things would get moved around the room by themselves. At one point, she was in protective restraints because the doctor thought she was hurting herself. There was no way she could have moved or done anything to herself while the, in these restraints. But new marks would appear or her tray cart would be across the room. Yuck. The room was secure, so there was no way someone else could be doing this. When we asked her questions, she would just say it was Tiberius. After she was discharged, we always had trouble in that room. If there was going to be a rapid response or code, it happened in that room. One night, a guard reported the lights blinking on and off. It was that room. Yuck. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah, those are some fun, some fun tales. Mm -hmm. yeah 
Yay. <laughs> Didn't like that at all. Yeah, you're welcome. Actually, some of them were scarier than my scary spaghetti. Than your scary spaghetti? Yep. Are you ready? Are you ready? No, I'm not, actually. You know how I said I think well, I was going to be okay? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Probably I also not gonna be don't okay. want to tell this story because I was taking doing notes, and I am not excited about it because it scared me. <laughs> it scared you while you were researching it? It scared me while I was reading about it. I hate that. I hate that for I me. I also hate it. I hate that for you. I also hate it for everyone that's listening. <laughs> um, also, if you are have like extreme claustrophobia, um, and I disclaimer, I checked with Corinne before I decided to do this story just to make sure because I told her I said I don't want you to hate me if I do this story. If you were telling me this with a blanket over my head, we'd have a different story. Like, yes, I don't actually. I don't right. think I. We'll find out if I get. Well, we're gonna find proxy out. claustrophobia. Claustrophobia. Okay. Well, warning to the folks out there that can't get away. <laughs> if you suffer from extreme claustrophobia in stories, this might not be the one for you. Um. See you next week. This. Yeah. See you next week. Thank you for joining us for our spooky stories. It's okay if you peace out. Yeah. <laughs> I might leave with um, you. We'll see. Yeah. In spirit. I wish we could both leave with you in spirit, but we have a show. <laughs> it must go on. Oh, I feel like you could tell them and I could be like, bye guys. See you later. <laughs> you just take your headphones off and sit yeah. there. <laughs> I'll just nod. Like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Really? Ooh, scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That is. <laughs> oh. Oh, your cough is so bad. Uh, yeah, it's killing me. All right, well, just enjoy your whiskey drink. Mm -hmm, I will. Because I'm about to regale you with a tale about a cave and a guy named Ted. Whew. It just yep. gave me chills already. Yep. The um, Ted part, have you ever, not the cave have you ever, part. <laughs> have you ever heard of about the story of Ted the Caver? No. Okay, I hadn't either. This was a new one for me. Okay. All right. So this um, is from the early 2000s, and it was a blog a guy wrote. A blog? Yeah. He is kept, like, an pasta? online journal. Or a scary spaghetti? Um, he kept... I don't know. I think it might be. Um, there's some, like debate about that because it was like an online journal okay Oof. way back in the day so Oof. i don't know Oof. yeah i hate that get ready I'm ready i hate it too okay um he has a blog that he's updating and the first page is dated uh 32301 so way back in the day wow okay yeah he starts off the blog stating that the reason he's created this blog is because he's had so many people ask him about this cave he's exploring. And so he created this journal. He's including photos. We'll have some of them on our Instagram. Um, 
And he has made some illustrations himself, kind of showing the out outline, the way the cave's set up. Um, he does note that most of the photos are taken with a Kodak disposable camera. Also, please remember, this is way back in the day. Yeah. Um, he will not reveal the names of the people that he was with to protect their identities, nor will he give the location of the cave ever. So don't ask. Um, he simply calls the cave Mystery Cave and states that is not the real cave's name. Duh. Um, I don't know where Ted lives. It's all a mystery. It could be anywhere. Okay. Um, he states, if you think these events sound far-fetched, I agree. I would come to the same conclusion had, not, had I not experienced them. Gross. Uh, the ver- I know. So the very first post is from 12-30-2000. Uh, and Ted and his friend B uh, decided to go on a caving trip before the new year. So they go to Mystery Cave. They've been there before. Um, it's like a, you know, kids go and build bonfires and, you know. In December. Caving. Maybe it's warm enough wherever he is. I don't know right. where he's at. I mean, yeah. that's what that sounds like to me. Or maybe uh, yeah. he's on the southern hemisphere. Perhaps. Um, there's a small passage in the lower portion of the cave that he wants to check out and see if they can get any further into the cave system. Um, it's a pretty small opening, but states that there's a lot of air that blows out of it. Um. So they get to the cave, and it's um, there. The ho- this hole that he's looking for is actually in a lower part of the cave. So it's in the side of the wall, and it's about three feet from the floor. And the original hole isn't very big. In the picture, he actually like stuffs a glove in there to show it's like a fist size, like a big fist. Let's say a big fist, because if it was my fist, it's tiny. Okay. So uh, he says that the wall around the hole is about three to five inches thick. And um, past that, it does open up for about 10 to 12 feet into the small crawl space. And then he says after this 10 to 12 feet, the space inside, it really seems to open up like there's got to be another passage back there. So B and Ted sit and talk and they figure out how they're going to make this fist sized hole bigger, big enough to fit a body through. And they can hear wind coming through this hole and they hear this low rumble that they can't really like pinpoint where it's coming from. But it doesn't alarm them because it's kind of close to a highway. So they figure like, oh, it's probably big trucks, semis that are going down this road, right? like reverberating through the rocks. Echoing. Not a big deal. Yeah. So they decide to come back. They like lay out what they're going to do. They come back with cordless drills, um, tools. They're, it's going to take a bunch of time, but they are really excited about this project. Um, so they're not actually able to make it back to the cave for about a month, um, around the 27th or the 28th. And this time they come armed with a cordless drill, bits, hammers, all the tools. They have so many tools that they brought with them and they like have to haul them down this, into this cave. Um, so they get started on this little hole and after, about an hour, they realize that this is going to take a lot longer than they thought. Um, in his journal, he goes through a lot of what it was like working on this, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, after they finish up working on this hole for a couple of hours, they stop, call it a night, and they notice that the howling that they were hearing, like the wind, is a little bit louder. But they just figured, like, it's probably a lot windier outside. Um, right. 
and they still can't figure out what that rumbling is because the rumbling seems to be louder as well. So it's a little bit late at night and that road that they're near shouldn't be busy. Um, <clears throat> doesn't make any sense, but they just chalk it up to maybe there's some traffic. The wind's blowing more. Anyway, they leave. Um, they pack up. They're exhausted, but they're really excited still about their project. And they actually decide, excuse me, sorry. They leave some of the tools in the cave and they um, stay at a nearby hotel to charge up their batteries. And they're going to come back the next morning to Mystery Cave. So he states that the rest of the evening was pretty normal. Dinner was good, but they go back to the hotel and he can't sleep. Um, despite being exhausted from a hard day of working and caving, he can't seem to fall asleep. Yuck. So they return to the cave the next day and he makes a note that they can hear the howling and rumbling again in the cave just like the day before. Um, so this cave that he talks about, it was discovered about a decade earlier, a few decades prior, when construction in the area unearthed the entrance that they were using to get down into this cave. Um, so he kind of goes on to explain a little bit about the cave. Um, I'm not going to get really a lot into it because I want to try to get through the story. Um but what I do want to portray to you is that they're deep <laughs> inside yeah. of the earth. Yeah. It's not easy to get in and out. So you first, you rappel down into the first portion of this cave and it's about 15 feet down and you come to a ledge and then you have to rappel further. Um, you go in further into the cave and you come to a big pit and this pit drops about 50 feet down and it varies from three feet wide in diameter to three to four in some places. So it's it's pretty far down. You're pretty deep down in there. Yeah. Um, that when you get down through this other part, um, it gets you to a room that's about six by six. And you go through a 10-foot passage on your knees. It's only like three to four feet high. So you have to crawl through. Um, but then it splits into more passages. There's water, some really cool rock formations. Like caves are neat. Caves are interesting. So neat. Um, <laughs> there, some of them are really pretty. No, um, I, I honestly love caving. I yeah, think it's so cool to safely. go caves. I love caves, but I also safely. I'm terrified of them at the same time. Also, yes, and I think that I, it's cool if I can walk up some stairs that I don't have to haul myself out with ropes and or yep. gear and or. Walking that. into a cave is great. I want to be able to run out. I don't want to be able yes. to have to <laughs> climb out. And rely yeah. on right. equipment. Yeah. yeah, no. Yep. No. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. So he mentions that they are a little bit obsessed with getting this into this back portion of this cave because it seems unexplored and they you know, it might connect to another part of the cave and maybe there's something back there that nobody's ever seen before. Maybe there's another exit or, you know, whatever. So his next update is on the 10th of February, 01. And he talks about how he and B have become more obsessed with the idea of getting into this passage. They like to go at night and it doesn't really make a difference because when you're in a cave, it's always dark. So it doesn't matter right. if it's daylight or, you know, whatever. When you're deep in the earth, it's always dark. It would matter so, to me. Just gonna say it. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> so on this particular trip, they took Bee's dog. Um, her name is Whip. She's a little Jack Russell Terrier. She's cute as a button. 
And she has been caving with them many times before. She actually has a custom-made harness to get her into and out of the caves. Basically, in a nutshell, she's a good dog. So they get into this cave and Whip immediately starts exploring. She's really excited, happy, tail wagging, sniffing around. But they get to a point where the cave splits into four and she stops running around. She starts to stay right by B and Ted. Um, And before they reach the drop off to go into the hole, like where they get to the hole that they've been working on, she stops entirely and will not come further unless coaxed. Um, Her hackles are raised. She is not having this. Um, When they go to within 20 feet of the hole, she actually starts to whimper. She tucks her tail and she starts to cower on the ground and will not move. I wrote, if I was in a cave and my dog that I knew did that, I'd turn right around and leave. Nope. Peace out, cave. (laughs) Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. Not to be deterred, they start to take turns on the entrance. Um, It's too little of a space. They can't be both in there anyway working. So when one's working, one of them stays with the dog. And he makes a note that when Whip is actually laying on their bag, um, they call it a rope bag. They just have all the ropes and stuff. And she's shivering and she will not take her eyes off this hole that they're working on. <sighs> so B's working on the hole and he stops suddenly and he looks into the hole. And Ted asks him what's going on. And B says that he heard a weird sound coming from beyond the hole that sounds like rock sliding on rock. And Ted tells him, like, maybe your ears are just ringing. Jesus Christ. My door (laughs) is slamming because of the wind right now. And I was like, shut up. (laughs) It's just the wind. It's not the cave. Uh, Okay, so um, Ted tells him, like, maybe it's just his ears. (laughs) Maybe it's just his ears because he didn't have any ear protection on that day. But B insists that he heard what he heard, and Ted kinds of is like, okay, all right, you heard what you heard. That's, I can't explain it. We don't know what it is. We can't get back there. And so he kind of nods off again. So B, he's kind of watching like in and out of sleep, and B just, he notices that B kind of sits for a while and listens, and then he'll start working again, but then he'll stop from time to time, and he'll just sit and listen at this hole. No. Yeah, so after about an hour, their battery dies, the last battery, and the hole is big enough that Ted can actually fit his head through this hole. Um, It's not big enough for his shoulders yet, but they're kneeling, and Ted realizes that it's extremely quiet, quieter than it's ever been. The wind isn't blowing, and the rumbling isn't happening. Um, And they would always, they were always grateful for this breeze that would blow because it would get really hot, and so it would cool them off, but it's quiet. No. No, they don't really pay it much mind other than noticing that it's quiet and they end up, they leave, they leave some of their tools and they go back to the hotel and they just crash. The next entry is from March 3rd to the 4th. So about a month later, a month later. Yeah. says three weeks later. Ted talks about how he noticed that they're a bit more subdued actually going to the cave um, and they're not really talking to anybody about it before they were telling all of their friends, 
you know, oh, it's so cool what we're doing. We're going to find this unexplored part of this cave. And as they're talking, going up there, they realize that they're talking about that sound that he heard and trying to come up with a rational explanation for what happened. Yeah, no. So as they've been working on this hole, the thickness of the wall has increased, actually. Like as they get deeper into it, they've realized that it's not, it's thicker than they thought. Um, So it's even slower. So Ted's working on the hole and he's got earplugs in and he's using this drill. And he said that even with his earplugs in above the noise of the drill of drill on stone, he hears this strange noise. And so he takes his he takes his earplug out and he stops drilling and yanks his earplug out. And he hears the tail end of the most terrible scream he's ever heard in his life coming from inside this hole. Yeah. So he just stares at the hole and he's not really like comprehending what he's heard. And he turns to look at B and he was taking a nap because they would kind of like rest in between. And he is sitting straight up and he's just staring at Ted with this look on his face. And so Ted puts his light up to the hole expecting to see something in there. No. There's nothing in there. No. Right. <laughs> it's just dark. Um. And it's totally silent. There's not any wind. There's not any rumbling. And B tells him, he's like, start putting rocks in the hole. And he's like, what? He's like, whatever is in there, he's like, we don't want it to get out. He's like, if there's an animal back there, we don't want it to get out because we don't have a way to protect ourselves. So they start piling rocks up in this hole. So he describes the sound. (sighs) It's not an animal. The sound did not come from an animal. He said it like it sounded like a man screaming in fear and a cougar screaming in pain. <laughs> um, it said he says it came from inside the hole about a hundred feet away. That's too close. <laughs> yeah. So they sit for a while and B finally suggests like nothing's happening. It must have just been a weird noise. We can get back to work. Yeah, but yeah, keep an eye out for movement in the hole. Fuck no. (laughs) It's going to get so much worse. (laughs) As they start working, they both realize that the wind has. I need everybody to know that we're having a crazy windstorm right now. So there's. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, my God. There's so much (laughs) background noise happening on my end that's making this so much worse. I'm so sorry. I am sorry. <laughs> um, so they realize that the wind stopped and the rumbling can't be heard. So the next entry is from February 13th, but I think he actually means March. Oh, okay. I think it's I a was typo. like, wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he talks about um, this is the day that they're going to actually make it into this hole. So they finally made it big enough that Ted can fit inside the hole. Nope. Um, so another creepy thing I didn't mention that they've called this part of the tomb, this cave Floyd's tomb after a caver that died in the early like 1900s, but they just, they shorten it and call it the tomb. Fuck yeah, that. It's really yucky. I don't like it. Fuck um, that. Yeah. Agreed. So Ted goes into this hole. They've finally made it big enough that he can fit his, and he's a pretty, he's a pretty slim guy. Um, He's fits into this hole and he's talking about how tight it's gonna be yuck and i (laughs) yep sorry i don't know how people can actually go caving so 
it was funny because I was looking at this story last night and Chris showed me a picture of this guy that was caving last night. And I immediately was so anxious. I couldn't even watch the movie. Movie? Video? Whichever. Yeah. So I'm going to read you what he said. The people who cave dive underwater. Oh, no. Absolutely not. Nope. No. (laughs) Can't do it. (laughs) Nope. Like literally, I'd have to have unlimited, no unlimited oxygen, oxygen and yes. <laughs> like not even a, yeah. a cool breeze on your face. Like absolutely, no, I'd have submerged to have under rock. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. not. Nope. Absolutely not. Nope. Like all those um, national Nat Geo documentaries oh, just give no. me fucking anxiety. Yeah. I'm like, nope, nope, uh, nope. Will not. Mm-hmm. Cannot. Cannot. Won't. Take your pick. <laughs> Whoa, not. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read you what he said. Lay it on me. Picture, picture yourself in my position, laying on your stomach. Your left arm is extended over your head. Your, ar- your, ar- <laughs> your right arm is at your side, having only a few inches in which to move. Ugh, your yeah. hands and arms are sore and bleeding from crawling slash pulling yourself across the broken rocks. And your entire body is resting on the rocks. Right, so you're you're supine. Is that supine? Yeah, prone supine. Um, your neck gets tired of holding your head off the rock, so you gently rest your cheek on the rocks to rest. Once you start again, you have to push your toes to scoot your body forward. No. Yep, sliding across the rocks. After moving a few inches, you're breathing hard and have to rest. As you inhale, you can feel your back pressing hard against the top of the squeeze. That's what they call these: is the squeeze. Um, it takes several minutes before you recover enough to press on the entire time you're laying there you think about how you about how you're going to get back out and what if i just wrote no thank you nope (laughs) that's too much that's too much nope um so it gets to the point where in order to get in he has to actually exhale deeply he has to get all of he has to like yeah deflate his lungs yep and scoot forward each time he does this he has to stop and like get his breath back because he's wedged in there oh my god no and he as he's talking about this he is really excited because this has kind of been a thing for him and he talks about how he's really proud of himself he's really calm um he's 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 really proud of himself for making it as far as he did, which it's an accomplishment. That's awesome. Like, that's great. If this is what you're into and you're able to do something and face a fear that you have, bravo. Good this for is you. Not for me. This is like good for you who have spider But pets. also, fuck like, this. No. <laughs> don't need a spider pet. Um, I don't need to do tight spaces. N- I don't need to go nope. up on heights. I'm happy nope. living my life without conquering right. my fears. I'm happy to live with my fear. I'm happy to live with my fears. Yeah. Um. So the next entry is from April 7th. Oh. Um. And in between these things, if you guys want to go read this, this whole blog post, it is really cool because he does get into kind of the mechanics of caving. And, you know, you can tell that he's experienced in what him and his friend are doing. Yeah. Yeah. It just gets into a lot of technical stuff that I wasn't going to get into. Yeah. Um, so he vows that today is the day. 
He's going to conquer Floyd's tomb and he's going to get through this squeeze. I know. I hate that they call it that. Okay. So does he just um, back out every time he doesn't get through? Like, yeah. Like, scoot. Yep. Back you have out. to back out. Yeah. Buff. So I think it it comes to a point where it's so tight that they have to like break away some of the Got um, rock to be able to get through all the way. Um, so he they make it down there and he's going through the squeeze and he actually makes it through. And B's yelling and they're really excited and they're yelling about like this is Neil Armstrong territory and they're just super stoked. He's he's grinning from ear to ear. This is what they've been working on for the past three months. Um, and he, <laughs> yeah, um, they fashion this pole and. B is not able to actually get through this squeeze. Um, a few years ago, he had been involved in a caving accident and he was told that he would never walk again. Um, but through hard work and determination, he is actually able to walk. But this is something that he can't. It, he's not able to make it through this part right. of the cave. So Ted wants to um, find out if they can find a way to get in through another way that B can actually make it. But he wants to tell him like, all of these things that he's seeing. And so they're kind of like communicating through this little hole. And he asks B, like, how far should I go into this? And um, they're thinking about those weird noises that they heard. And so they decide that they'll stay where they can hear each other. So Ted has his camera this time and he starts taking pictures. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Abort. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he can tell that this part of the cave has not been explored before. The walls are pristine. Everything it looks like it's never been touched. Um, and Ted shouts to be that he's going to keep going for a half hour and he'll come back within the half hour. So he keeps going. He can't hear B anymore. And he starts to explore this cave and he finds some really cool rock formations and he enters this other room and he says as soon as he enters this room, he has this eerie feeling. No. Nope. He feels like he's being watched and he his excitement evaporates. And he feels like he is all alone, <laughs> which he is. <laughs> um, he does take several pictures around this room. And as he's taking pictures, he actually discovers um a hieroglyph. And it's a single drawing. And he says it looks like people standing below a symbol. I do not see that at all. Not at all. Um, and he gets excited again. It means that there's got to be another entrance to this cave somewhere. Um, even if it's closed or blocked, they might be able to open it and they can get B into this so that he can see, you know, what he's worked so hard for, too. Right. So he has, he heads back and he tells B all about the things he's seen. Um and he starts to make his way way back through the squeeze and he's a little over halfway through <laughs> and he hears something behind him. No. That sounds like rock on rock. No. And he freezes. I know. No. And he's laying there waiting to hear the sound again, but he doesn't hear anything. And when he gets out, he doesn't say anything to be. He just keeps it to himself. He also notices that something weird happened to the pictures that he took in this new part of the cave, the room with the hieroglyphs. All the pictures that he took leading up to this room turned out fine, but none of the pictures taken in the big room actually come out. None of them. They're all, they don't develop. 
That's um, hurts. A few. <laughs> I know. I know. So gross. I hate it so much. Um, a few days later, the two returned, but this time they brought their friend Joe with them. So they'd been trying to find other people, you know, like, hey, come and check out this cool cave with us. So Joe is a very experienced caver. Um, he's more slender than Ted. Um, so when they make it back to the hole, he goes through and he's like, yeah, this is a pretty tight squeeze, but it's not the tightest I've ever been through. Um, so Ted goes through and they pull some gear through with them. And he, um, he's, Ted's leaning down to pick up some of the gear and he's not watching what he's doing. And he smacks his head on the top of the passage. He's okay. Like he's just a little bit banged up and he, but he's bleeding and he starts to not feel really well so he tells joe like hey i'm just gonna stay here you go he tells him like hey that you're gonna see this rounded rock you're gonna go into this room and that's about as far as we've been but it's gonna take you a while to get there so um joe's really excited and um ted lays there and he hears joe start to like crawl away and go into this passage so ted makes his way back through the squeeze and they wait for Joe to come back. So B and Ted are talking about staying at the motel that night so they can come back the next day because they want to finish exploring this. Like they want to be done with this. They're ready to <laughs> figure out what the hell's going, like where this cave leads. They they're done. Um they realize that it's really quiet. They haven't heard anything. They don't hear the wind, they don't hear the rumbling. And they suddenly wish that they hadn't sent Joe off alone into the darkness. They did not disclose any of the weird sounds. What? Oh, I can't hear you. I think you're muted. I am muted. I said, (laughs) Haley, if you sent me into a cave without telling me about all the weird shit you heard. Oh, First, I a, would never send you into a cave. Don't send me into a cave. But B, <laughs> we're not friends. I would disclose all of the scary things about said cave. We're not friends if you don't disclose. So you know what? <laughs> Joe and Ted, not friends. You're not friends. No. <laughs> um. Uh, let's see. Uh, so B goes up to the hole and he yells for Joe, but there isn't any answer. Um, 20 minutes go by. 25 minutes go by and they don't hear anything. Ted's actually like getting ready to go back up through this hole and go back through the squeeze to find him. And they see Joe's light and they call out to him, but there's no answer. No. And so they call out to him again and the light gets a little bit brighter, but there's still no answer. Yeah. Like who and or what? what? Yeah. So they yell out again, Joe, are you all right? And they hear this quiet response that just says, no. (sighs) When he gets through to them, through the squeeze, he looks terrible. He's pale. He's out of breath. He's super wide-eyed. But he's quiet. He's not talking to them. He won't say anything. They pack up their gear and they go out of the cave. And Joe beelines it straight for the truck. Um, On their way home... He, they ask him like hey we're gonna stay at a motel do you want to stay and he's like no I don't want to stay so they decide all right we're not gonna stay we're gonna go home so the entire ride he stares straight forward and so Ted asks him like did you see the hieroglyphs no well did you hear us yelling for you no 
Did you see the round rock? No. <gasps> Did you see the cool crystals? No. He said he just went into the, he went in a little ways and started to feel sick. So Ted and B kind of look at each other and they're like, something's going on. Like, why the weird short, like, why aren't you talking to us? Yeah. So is that. He will not say anything. So they um, drop him off at home and they ask him if he want to go with them later. He shakes his head, turns around and goes into his house. Doesn't say goodbye. Doesn't fucking say anything. <laughs> when Ted tries to call him the ne- like later that day to see how he's doing, it goes straight to voicemail. Um, Ted talks about the only way how they're going to figure out what is going on th- with this cave is to keep exploring. So no, they have to go back. Just leave I it. Know, leave it alone. Just leave it alone. It's a mystery. <laughs> it's a mystery. Just let it lie. <sighs> so they go back. Um, But this time they have a low voltage two-way phone that is connected by a thin wire. Um, I'm sure now they have real cool, like, legit fancy equipment. But this was 01. Yeah. We barely barely saw Not cool equipment. Right. Yeah. Um, So as they're getting ready to go into the cave for the first time, Ted, they're standing on the edge of the first hole and Ted says this is the very first time that he did not want to go back into the cave like the feeling it wasn't like foreboding it wasn't a scary feeling it wasn't anything it was just I don't want to go in there (sighs) but he feels like he has to so over the edge and down into the cave they go Nope. things go wrong from the very beginning of this trip but they notice that it's taking them one or two times to like clip in or tie a knot right or whatever. So they slow down. They're checking and double checking, making sure everything's okay. Um, so they get down to the hole and Ted makes his way through and he's checking the phone and it works fine. He can hear B real clearly. It's great. And he brought a video camera with him this time. So he starts to film the passage because he wants B to see. Right. And so he's filming, but from behind him, he hears the scraping noise. Nope. Yep. It's right behind him and it's really close this time. Nope. So it startles him and he wheels around and he unfortunately stands up at the same time on pure instinct. Like you're not thinking, right? Right. And he crunches his helmet right into the ceiling and puts his light out. And he's instantly surrounded by just pitch black. I know makes me sick <laughs> and he he stood up really fast really hard he talks about how his neck hurt a lot his back really hurt um so he wants to keep turning and looking in front of him and behind him like he feels like it's just closing in around him and right. it's not great but he can't see anything so he like kind of calms himself down and he turns on it that he has another little light on his helmet but it doesn't have fresh batteries so he can only see a few feet in front of him um He's like waiting to see if there's anything that happens, but there's nothing. So he pulls out some glow sticks. Are you okay? (laughs) You're okay? Okay. Um, He pulls out some glow sticks. The first couple are broken, but he finally finds one that works and he like lobs it into this other bigger room. He lights, he breaks another one and he plugs the phone into the jack and because he wants to tell B like, hey, I put my light out. I'm going to be coming back. 
and usually it, it the phone beeps to let you know that the other person can hear you or that the other person's trying to get a hold of you. Right. And there's nothing. It's just silent. Yeah. So he try he takes it out, plugs it back in. Nothing. He tries it like three or four times and it's just silent. So he has to make his way back. He has to go back through the room that he just heard the noise in. But something's in there. Something's in that room. That's where the scraping noises are coming from. But he can't see. It's fucking dark. So using his glow stick, his one glow stick and his like one helmet light, (laughs) he makes his way back to the entrance. And as he's passing the drawing, he says it looks like it's glowing. And he makes a fuck. He makes his way to the far. Yeah. He said it looks like the drawing is glowing. Which doesn't make any sense because it's a cave painting. But he can see it, like, better. Yeah. Don't like that. Nope. Haley. I know. (laughs) I know. Haley. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why that bothers me so much, but it does. (laughs) It's yucky. I have to move my notes to see my face to make sure. (laughs) It's yucky. I don't like it either. No. Okay. Nope. You're not going to like any of the rest of it either. Buckle up your pants. Um, Huh? Buckle up your pants. Buckle up your pants. Yeah. Cinch them tighter because here we go. Um. He makes it to the far end of the room and there's this round rock and he mentions the round rock a couple of times, but it looks different and he's like getting closer to it and he can't figure out like what is different and the rock has fucking moved. I know. I know. The rock moving is the sound that he heard. No. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he doesn't have any choice. To get out, you have to go past it. You have to. There's no other way. And so he realizes that the rock was sitting oh on God. top of the wire. Are you okay? What happened? Is there somebody in the room with you? No, someone just slammed a door downstairs. But it was enough. You need to text everyone in your family and say, do not slam doors or else. <laughs> oh, <my God. sighs> oh, no. All right. <laughs> okay, so um, he realizes that the rock is sitting on top of the wire that's used to connect the phones. And so he tries to get the wire out from under this rock, but the wire snaps. I know. Of course it does. I mean, also, it's a really thin wire. Like, it's not yeah, a heavy-duty like, wire. This it's rock not... was just moving. Don't fucking go near it. Don't. Just leave. Just leave. Fuck the phone. Fuck the wire. Fuck, fuck the cave. Grab a glow stick. <laughs> just go. Get the fuck out. Just grab your, grab your friend and go. <laughs> Stop going. Agreed. We are never going caving. I told Chris, I said, I'm never going caving with you. Ever. Not ever. No. Not even once. No. I'll walk into the first passage that has full sunlight. Absolutely not. No. No. (sighs) Okay. 
so he has no choice but to keep going forward. And when he reaches the other side of the ground, <laughs> I wrote of the ground rock. <laughs> when he reaches ground the rock. other side, the ground rock, it was supposed to be round rock. Got it. Um, he realizes that there is a new passage that the rock was covering up. Yeah, which is even yuckier. Something moved it from out of the way. Okay, to okay, out okay, of the okay. Hole. Is this rock alive or did something move the rock? Because something moved the rock. I was uh, way less that. scared of haunted rocks. <laughs> <laughs> we could just put some googly eyes on them and it would be like everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> exactly what I was saying. I was like, what's a rock? Like, what's a rock giant? What's, what's a rock? It's not going to get you. It's fine. It's just cute. Put some yarn hair on it and some googly eyes. (laughs) So the rock moves. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, No, the rock was moved. The rock was moved. Oh, yep. That's so much So this new passage that he looks at is at a 45 degree angle and it continues straight as far as he can see. And it's different than the other cave. The sides are smooth. Yeah. Um, And several feet into this passage, this new passage, he can see the glow stick that he threw into this larger room. (gasps) It's down the hole. Yep. Yeah. He turns away from this rock and the hole and he is totally panicked. He is flipping. Yeah. Good. I would be right there with you. Ted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can't comprehend what he's seeing. This is a big rock. It's been covering up this passage, and he knows what he heard. Um, but he has to go forward to get back. So he makes his way back through to B. And when he gets down on his hands and knees to start making his way up to the squeeze, um, he says as soon as he puts his hands on the ground, he feels like he got electrocuted to such a degree that he screams. But he has to keep going. <laughs> He finally reaches the beginning of the squeeze and he calls out to B and B is right there and he answers and he screams at him. He's like, you have got to get everything ready to go now. And so he asks, he's like, are you okay? And he simply replies with no. (gasps) And he's like, why did you scream? And he screams back that there is something in the cave with them. (sighs) I know. So he gets down and he's making his way through the squeeze and he feels wind in the passage and he's hit with the most nauseating smell he's ever experienced (gasps) in his life oh i can see behind me and i still have to check behind me there's (laughs) i promise i will tell you if there's something behind you yuck it's like this damp rotting rancid putrid smell of death yeah and it's so bad that he starts to dry heave and it makes his way up to b and he's like what is that but Ted can't answer. He's got to get through. He can't. He can't, he can't like, answer questions. He doesn't have enough breath in his lungs. He has to get all the air out of his lungs to be able to get through this fucking squeeze. No. So he finally makes it through far enough and he yells to be to just go. He's like, oh, I will catch up with you. We need to get out of here now. Yuck. And so B starts to pack everything up and Ted makes his way through this little hole and he has to stop for a minute and catch his breath. And deep in the cave where he was just from, he hears the scraping noise coming from behind him. In a panic, he just starts scooting. He finally makes his way out of the hole and he starts to collect his gear and leave. And he realizes that it's silent. 
there is no sound from anywhere. (laughs) He doesn't wait. He immediately turns around. He starts to make his way over to the rope so he can climb up after B, trying to get the fuck out of this cave as fast as he can. So he makes it up to the first ledge and B's above him and he's scrambling. He's trying to get up to the entrance of the cave as quick as he can. So having two people on the rope at the same time can be dangerous. Yeah. Um, but at this point, both of them are very concerned that they need to get out of this cave as quick as possible. And Ted knows that B is close to the edge of the cave. So he decides to wait and he lets B get up a little bit higher and he starts to bring up the rope that's below. like down into the cave. Yeah. Yeah. Below him. So he's bringing this up and he he doesn't wind it around his arm like he normally would because his arm's all scraped up and he's bleeding and it's painful. So he just piles it on the ground. And he's got about 50 feet left of rope to pull when he feels it hit a snag. And he's like jerking on it and tugging on it. He's like, fuck it. I'm not going to be able to get it out of the snag without climbing back down there. I am not going back down there. We're leaving it. So he just is like, fuck it. He starts to put on his harness and he hears a funny noise. And he looks down at his feet and the fucking rope is being pulled back down into the cave. No. (laughs) I know. It's so fucking awful. I read that and I was like, I've got to leave for a minute. (laughs) So I thought when I was reading this, I thought it was two ropes. It's not. It's one giant rope. Yeah. It's just one rope. Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) So he starts to free climb. He's like, fuck this. I have got to get out of here. Yeah. And he's going up the rope without being like, what is it? Tied in? Yeah. Attached. Yep. Um, so he screams up to B that something's pulling the rope back down into the cave and he shouts back, just hurry up. So he makes it up to the other ledge and he catches up with B and he just tells him, like, you have to keep going. So B keeps climbing and Ted notices that the rope is slowly starting to get tension in it. He clips onto the rope and he climbs up out of the cave. So B makes it out before him and he's there was a tree that they would use to tie their ropes to and he's by the tree and so they're both like looking at each other and they realize how horrible the other person looks because they're all scraped up and bleeding and right they hear the rope around the tree stretch and the knot get tighter and they both like freeze and look at each other and B kind of like blinks and he pulls a pocket knife out and he just starts cutting this rope. Yeah. So he says it only takes four to five seconds to cut the rope from the tree, but Ted said it felt like hours. When the rope finally falls free, the rest of the rope zips over the rock and over the edge of the cliff with so much speed, it makes that humming noise. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That, oh yeah, that, that rope. Like blah, something heavy. Blah, 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 yuck, 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 yuck. Yeah. Neither of them say anything to the other and they make their way back to the truck and they head home in silence. They don't even say anything to each other. No. Ugh. 
He writes that it takes him four days to write down what happened. But every time he starts to write, he remembers the awful feeling he had and he just can't keep writing. He says, I felt compelled to continue so as to document the unbelievable events while all of the details are fresh in my mind. I can still feel the pain, still smell the stench, still experience the terror. Even typing from my journal has taken hours. I would like to write more, but I will, but it will have to wait. Even now with several days between me and the event, I can't relax. I can barely concentrate. That's all for now. Um, his next update is from 5-19-01, so a while later, and he writes, and I'm just going to read this to you because I can't paraphrase it. <sighs> Buckle up your pants. It's been three weeks since our last visit to the cave. I want to update everyone as to my condition, my plans for the cave, and the events of the past few weeks. I apologize for not returning your phone calls. I have been getting all of your messages. I just haven't felt up to calling back. Steve and Mark, thanks for your words of encouragement on my answering machine. Um, I know you two are sincerely concerned for me. You're awesome friends. Um, Mark, I know you stopped by the house a few times, and I'm sorry I never answered the door. It really helped me just knowing that you dropped by. Um, I figured if I can get this site updated, I can let everyone know at once about how I'm doing. A lot has changed in the last three weeks, so I'll do my best to cover everything. I guess I should start with the last entry left off. It took several days to get the last journal entry written down. I was so shook up from the experience that I could do little else but sit around and ponder what had happened. Right now, I am on long-term medical leave from work. I tried to go to work several days after the event, but my boss sent me home. I couldn't concentrate and I look terrible. I've even been to the doctor and I couldn't tell him about my experience, so I just told him I was under a lot of stress. He recommended rest and gave me a prescription to help me relax. Mmm, good drugs. <laughs> when God. I left the cave, <laughs> I, was, I was nearly in a state of shock. I could not think clearly and was having a difficult trying, time trying to understand what had happened. I didn't eat much, nor did I get any sleep. I was glad I had the presence of mind to write down my experience while it was fresh in my mind. As I reread what I wrote, I feel like I accurately portrayed what happened in the cave that day. I wouldn't change anything I wrote. Even though it took three days to write it, when I finished writing in my journal, I felt so much better. It was kind of therapeutic. Unfortunately, it didn't last. In fact, it was after that that things got really bad. B and I parted company after the trip, and I didn't see him again until yesterday. I didn't try to reach him. He didn't try to get a hold of me, nor did either of us try to contact Joe. B just dropped me off after the trip, and I spent the next several days by myself in my house. I tried to eat, but had no appetite. I was restless, but I couldn't find anything to do to take my mind off the experience. That's when I determined that I should write it down. As I mentioned, that helped me think a little clearer, and I seemed to feel a little calmer, but it didn't last. I went to work the next day, but was sent home. The day after that, I had an overwhelming feeling of anxiety sink into my soul. I was depressed and confused and had no one I wanted to turn to for comfort. I was getting all kinds of phone calls for people, but I just let the answering machine take the calls. I even changed the message on the machine to let everyone know I was all right. I continued in this miserable state, eating and sleeping whenever I could manage until a week after the trip. Then things started to get strange. <sighs> At first, I was hearing sounds on the house that had no explanation. I know. Footsteps, shuffling noises, creaking doors. You know, the typical horror movie fair. Only the sounds were not distinct. It was as though I wasn't sure I heard what I thought I heard. 
I would be eating or getting out of the shower and stop, thinking I heard something. But the sound would not repeat itself. In fact, if it weren't for the fact that it happened frequently, I couldn't be sure that there were noises in the first place. Either way, I was scared. It was as though I had been caught in a spiderweb for the last week. Feeling of, feelings of anxiety, foreboding, tension filled my life. Then came the hallucinations. Mm -mm. I began seeing things in a manner similar to the sounds I was hearing. Just a glimpse of something in the corner of my eye. When I would turn to look, nothing. I had been sleeping with the lights on in my room, but now I kept all the lights in the house on from dusk until after dawn. When I started to th see things on a regular basis, I purchased a gun. Got it from an ad on the paper so I didn't have to wait for a permit. Don't do that. Please. I went to the doctor. <laughs> Please don't do that. Um, I went to the doctor but didn't mention the details of my life. Just told him I couldn't relax and I walked out of there with a prescription. Fortunately, my wounds and injuries were pretty much healed by this time. My back still hurt a little, but the prescription took care of that too. When I was on the medication, I felt great, but I didn't want to walk around high the rest of my life, so I would only take it at the end of a tough day. Unfortunately, the severity of the sightings increased, giving rise to a need for the medication. The flashes in the corner of my eye continued, but then I began to see shapes and shadows. They would be outside my windows, usually at night. I still couldn't make anything out, so anything solid, so it was hard to pin down what I was seeing. Soon, I began to close all of my drapes and blinds so I would remove the possibility of seeing anything. Doing so did help in that respect, but my life was still a mess. My daily routine was mechanical and empty. I would sleep in as long as I could, usually out of exhaustion. Then I would get cleaned up and try to eat something. I lost a lot of weight, so I tried to get as much as so I tried to get as much as possible down me. Then I would exercise a little and nap a lot. I'd only been out of the house a few times in the last two weeks. The store, the doctor. Um, I didn't watch much TV because I couldn't concentrate. I spent a lot of time on the internet. I was doing research on caves and cave myths. The only story I could find was the cave folklore about the hodag. The hodag is, supposed, is supposedly a creature that roams caves. Have you ever heard of a hodag? No. We'll do an episode on the hodag. Gross. Two weeks after, yeah. Two weeks after we went into the cave, and a week after I began hearing things, I began to have nightmares. Extremely lucid nightmares. No specific theme or reoccurring event, just plain terrifying. Sometimes I was in my house and someone was trying to get me, only I couldn't run because I didn't have any legs. Other times I was in a vat and someone was pouring a syrup-like liquid on me, filling the vat. I would wake up in a panic. I would stay awake until exhaustion forced me to enter dreamland once again. A brutal routine. It continued for several days until it reached a climax on the sixth day, yesterday. My dream seemed so real, I had a hard time telling if I was awake or not. I was beat, really drained of energy and spirit. I was going from the living room to my bedroom in the early evening when I looked down the hall and saw a dark figure toward the end. I thought it was a thief and began to back up slowly. It didn't move. As I was backing up, the lights flickered on and off. Every muscle was tense. I stopped to stare at the figure. Just then, the phone rang. It startled me so bad I stumbled over a chair. When I got up and wheeled around to look down the hall, nothing was there. I grabbed my keys and left the house. I felt compelled to get in the car and drive. My pulse pounded in my temples as I got in and started the car. I wanted to drive to Overlook Point to see the city lights. Every city has like an Overlook Point. That doesn't help me. <laughs> right. 
I didn't know why I needed to go up there, but I knew I had to go. The closer I got, the more urgent the feeling. When I arrived at the point, I saw something that at first startled me, but then caused me to be more relaxed than I'd ever been in a long time. Joe was there. He was out of his car, standing looking at the lights. We looked at each other. I could see from the tired look on his face that he had been going through the same miserable trial that I had. He could tell from the look on my face that we had been sharing with that we had shared some terrible experiences. Our conversation was unbelievably brief. You've been back, he began, even though he knew the answer. Yes. We need to return. Tomorrow, okay, I asked. Yeah. Noon? <gasps> yeah. He got in his car, and I got into mine. I hadn't even wanted to talk to him about his experience. Obviously, he didn't want to know mine. And I drove over to B's house. When he answered the door, I thought that B actually looked like he was doing fine, somewhat happy. When look at me and his disposition changed. Our conversation was also... I don't know how to pronounce this word. Succinct? Yeah. I ran into Joe, and we're going back in tomorrow at noon. B looked dead serious. He just nodded his head. I asked him if I could spend the night at his house. He eagerly let me in. I didn't notice until later, but every light in the house was turned on. He led me to his spare room. Help yourself. I washed up in the bathroom, took some medication, and got the first decent sleep in a long time. I woke early this morning and came home to get ready for the trip. I thought I would send out this update so no one will wonder what's going on with me. I suspect that by the time most of you read this, I will be back home and will have a great story to tell. I promise that if you haven't heard from me by now, you will very shortly. It's now 10 a.m. on Saturday the 19th. We'll be leaving for the cave in two hours. Preparing for this trip will be like no other trip I've ever been on. For the first time in my life, I will carry a gun into a cave. I will also carry a knife, an extensive first aid kit, plenty of food and water, and a camera. I will take several sources of light and a pad of paper and pencil. I will have to take all of my climbing rope since B lost his in the cave. I will carry a good length of rope with me on the other side of Floyd's tomb. This is the first time in three weeks that I have heard any reference to Floyd's tomb. It sent shivers up my spine just typing it. There are so many things I hope to accomplish this day. So many answers I hope to find in a tiny passage hidden from view. Reflecting on the events leading up to today leaves me feeling dizzy. Was this all a bad dream? Unfortunately, I am wide awake, and still in a few short hours, I might face my nightmare. The thought of having another person with me in the passage does nothing to alleviate the fear I feel. I almost chuckle as I ponder a childish notion that we have, that we will have to consider. Who will enter the tomb first? Who will lead the way into the dark unknown? Who will decide when to turn back? Foremost among the questions in my mind is, what about the video camera that I left behind? It is supposed to be able to record in complete darkness. I left the thing running, so what might we find on the tape? Darker questions follow. What if the camera is gone? What if it is destroyed? Although it is difficult to put an exact name to my motivation, I think closure fits quite nicely. I find I need to find out a few things about this cave. The main thing, believe it or not, is not to find the end of the cave. With all the bizarre things I have witnessed over these past few weeks, it would seem a little bit trite to want as a primary goal to get to the end, but that is what I want. To be sure, I will be seeking other bits of knowledge along the way. If, however, I find the end of the main passage and an end to the passage hidden by the rock, I will be content to never return to the passage or the cave again. It would seem to me that crawling headfirst through a tight passage into the darkness is an unnatural thing, just like crawling up the side of a cliff for recreation or climbing out of a perfectly good or jumping out of a perfectly good airplane and floating to the ground. We do these things to satisfy our hunger for adventure, the subconscious desire to conquer our own little Everest. As B is fond of saving, caving is the last 
As B is fond of saying, caving is the last opportunity for exploration for the person with modest means. True. Just a short drive from just about anywhere in the country is a cave waiting to be explored. Even a cave well-known among the general public can be approached by someone for the first time as an adventure, something new, something to overcome, because it's there. Many of you don't agree with my decision to pursue this cave. I don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know from this. I know this from the messages I have received. I'm afraid I don't have a choice. If I am ever to experience restful slumber, I must return. If I am ever to walk the halls of my own home in peace, I must return. If I am ever to ex exit the overworld and enter the subterranean world of a cave, I must now return. I am. I know. I no longer feel that I have a choice. I must return. For my family friends who are reading this, I say, be at peace. I will conquer this cave. Then I will return and update this website immediately. I will include any photos we take in the cave today. And if you stop by the house, I will show you the video I will have. I expect to be home later tonight or tomorrow or at the latest. See all of you soon with lots of answers. Love, Ted. Let me guess. That was his last entry. There has never been an update. Yeah. There's never been. I hate it. There's never been an update. There's never been anything added to his blog. That is it. So I don't know if it's real. I don't know if it's fake. I hate it. I don't know. <laughs> I also hate it so much. But next week, tune in and I'll go over what a hodag is. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, so that is uh, Ted the Caver. I hate that so much. Thanks. I hate it too. Thanks, At the Haley. end, the smell, the smell got me yeah. when he talks about, and you're stuck in that little tiny space no. and you can't get away. That to me is the no. most terrifying, I think. Yeah, no. Just Thank being you. stuck there. Yeah. What? Anyway, um, yeah, gross. <laughs> um, not talking about the creepy pasta I was gonna share, but talking about the creepy pasta yeah. I was gonna share, it had to do with mm -hmm. being buried alive. So I was gonna do like a claustrophobia <gasps> episode. Oh my god, I'm glad that it wasn't claustrophobia on top of claustrophobia. It would have been great. It would have been. We would have just called it claustrophobia. <laughs> We would have just called it claustrophobia. Or scary spaghetti. <laughs> or scary spaghetti. The scary spaghetti that wasn't. That wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you so much. Um, if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, take a look. We've been posting. We have three Check episodes up now. Uh, we should by the time this comes out. So definitely tune in. Watch us talk you want to watch us talk <laughs> um check out our instagram social media tiktok twitter facebook that's the other one and reach out say hi tell us what you're doing who you are what are you doing who are you come say hi what are you up to yeah just say hey i'm whoever and i like asparagus <laughs> Okay. You can send us that email. Yeah. At more than miss podcast at gmail.com. Uh, where every podcast we also podcast. 
uh, if you have a minute and you can just uh, leave a review or a rating, that just gives the little pod a little bump. Uh, and as always, if you love us, tell your friends, tell your family, and tell everybody in between. Ooh. Tell everyone you know. Until next time, stay curious. Bye. Bye.